Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How to Scale a Business. I'm on with the Mickey Baines of Kennedy & Company. He has innovative strategies for higher education, works with institutions, uh, universities, et cetera, to help them with their CRM management, and among other things. But thank you, Mickey, so much for being on the show. Lucas, happy to be here. So you have a background in actual uh, you know, producing and hosting shows. You said you even have a podcast yourself. Uh, why is that so important for a business to have something like a podcast? Well, I think uh, if you do it what I would call the right way, uh, I think it gives um, your audience, not necessarily clients, sometimes it could be clients, could be prospective clients, but I think it gives your audience uh, insight into the work that you do, not necessarily your specific work, but work that you do for clients so they can learn it for themselves. I mean, I take it with the with the idea and notion that I'm not trying to sell. I'm not really trying to market. I am trying to present. This yeah. is, these are ways you can grow. And for, for me and my podcast, CR Improv, it's, it's, you know, we, we focus on CRM and higher ed and we don't script it out, but we bring in guests and we talk about different ways you can use technology to help deploy or execute your strategies and tactics. How does technology support it? And it's, it's there to give them insight and ideas. It expands my thinking, honestly, on it um, to ensure that that's relevant. And then hopefully the outcome of that is is if we get you know people coming to us because of that, great. Um, if nothing else, we at least have connected with either clients or other folks that are doing work and expanded our own thinking, but and, and shared knowledge for our industry. That's yeah. You know, that that's really why I do it. Well, and I think too. I mean, uh, I learned early on. Um, from a, a mentor of mine that the best way to get somebody to work with you is to start by giving uh, them something. I think so many people, they just try to take uh, so much before they uh, uh, ever give anything. And I think that's a faulty strategy. So uh, tell me a little bit about how you were able to launch this business, what your business accomplishes, why you do it, et cetera. Yeah. So I call myself a lifer in higher education. So I worked in higher ed for 12 years before I started consulting. Um, mm -hmm. I, I broke away, started consulting on my own, uh, building up my own business. And then I uh, merged my business and clients in with Kennedy and Company. And I've been here for six and a half years with charge of joining the company to build out a technology services practice. Uh, it started mm -hmm. as its own little service line. And now it's a practice of about 40% of our company. Um, mm -hmm. As you mentioned at the onset, we are a higher ed strategy firm. Uh, I oversee technology services. For me, technology services means CRM. So how do we help schools build out um, a CRM to support their effort to enroll new students and retain existing students? Um, and, you know, for, for, for me and our team, as we think about growth and, and scaling, um, you know, one of the things I was just say, uh, probably most proud of last year. So we grew, I think, about 25%. Around twenty five percent last year, which is it's not you know we're not we're not killing it you know like going to three hundred percent growth. I'm pretty yeah. pretty happy with twenty five percent growth, but I did that. And what I'll say is I made one sales call mm. all year, um, and wow. it was a sales call to someone who already had a proposal. It's not a cold call. There were zero cold calls. Right, one right, sales right. call, and I only did that because the vendor that we're partnering with on that client asked me to make that call. Uh, I made zero cold emails. I had other emails to clients we we're already working with, but zero right. cold emails. Uh, and so to build a model that grows every year, uh, double yeah. digits, um, next year, I think we're looking at around 33, 34% growth uh, for next year, meaning 2023 at this point. But, you know, having that and to do that again, 
that, that the plan to execute that is pretty solid. It doesn't include cold calls. It doesn't include cold yeah. emails. Where does that um, come so from? Where, where does most of it come yeah. from? Yeah. Uh, so we have a really high return client rate, um, mm-hmm. anywhere between 90 and 100%. Um, 2022 wow. 20, was 100%, 2023, meaning, you know, in, any new client I had in 21, 90% of those came back in 2022 uh, for right. additional work. And so I think that that's a big piece of it. The other bit is we, you know, in, in our CRM work, we're not selling the technology. We are helping schools implement and customize and better use it. So the CRM vendors send a lot of work our way. And mm. then clients also refer other clients. And so that's about 95% of our work um, right. comes in in that form. Um, we have we don't, we don't have no sales team. We have yeah. no marketing team. Um, I spend about a third of my time selling and marketing, maybe 40%. And, and I generate about 90% of the technology services work doing it that way. Yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, that's really how it comes. And for me, you know, we, 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 I think we're talking a little bit before we hit record, like it's a flywheel model. Like if we keep doing this work right with the right intent, it's growing itself without us having to really push that we're adding a little extra leverage to that flywheel every year as it continues to spin faster, uh, with more force. And really my role is to keep friction out of that flywheel. Yeah. To ensure that we can do the right work and we keep the friction out of that wheel, then it continues to spin uh, and grow. It's really interesting. Um, so when you, it sounds like, you know, the way I would actually define what you've done is uh, you don't have a direct sales uh, pipeline. You have a partner uh, led growth pipeline um, and yep. also clients and things like that. But it sounds like partners are <clears throat> what you find. You find one good partner they send you the majority of your work. You never even need to go direct to anybody and get them to work with you. It's all pretty predominantly from partnerships and and current clients. So definitely really interesting. Is that how, I mean, because you said 30% of your time going towards sales and marketing activities, I mean, do you see getting more partners as part of that strategy or do you see like, how do you grow the business from there? Correct. Knowing that it's not direct, but it's through partnerships. Yeah. So yeah, we we have like for 2023, there are three specific um, vendor uh, technology firms that we are looking with that will um, do one of two, either add to the types of tools that do different types of functionality or tools that do functionality we already support, but just a different tool. And so we we have three that we one, we're ready to roll out and begin delivering for them. We've been working with them for several months already. We have two more right. that we'll add to that. Um, and, and I think at this point, they're, they're starting to come in. In fact, uh, right before our call, I was going through an email. Someone had emailed and say, hey, we want to introduce ourselves and, and see about right. being in the fold. And I think it's it's a matter of, at this point, I don't say controlling it, but yeah. it, it's being intentional. Everything that I like to do is, is very intentional. Is this the right fit at this right time? It's not to say it's yeah. not a good tool or we can't ever do it. It may, just may not fit right now with where we are and, and planning that way uh, and rolling it in. And if we do that in the right manner, then it starts to help grow and, and produce that. At the same time, when I'm looking at these, I have to look at our current vendors that we work with closely. Um, by the way, we have we get zero financial compensation from those vendors if we help sell their products. We, we don't yeah, think yeah. if they offer it. Um, because we want to be, uh, and I think that's part of our success is not trying to push an agenda on someone else, solve for the customer, not the the solution. But, you know, as they talk to us about that and look at that, you know, is it really the right fit? And will it create some type of inherent conflict that could impact our relationship with another vendor? That that's a part of 
the, the thinking right. in it. I won't say no completely to that, but I want to be sure that if we bring someone on that could create that conflict, that we do so with intentionally make sure everybody's on the up and up of, of what we're trying to do, why we're doing yeah. it, um, and, and make sure that they understand that. Did you always think about business like this? Because I think a lot of people either inherently have this mindset or they came to it over time. But did you always yeah. have the intent of, I want to build partner-led and, and from my current clients, or did you previously do it a different way? Um, I didn't always, I did not come to this thing. Oh, I want to do this through partner. I think it just developed that way through our relationship yeah. with, with the vendors. You know, um, when I started consulting on my own, it was a very much a grassroots effort, um, yeah. of going out meeting, um, schools just to introduce who we are. Um, yeah, I, I can tell you there, you know, uh, we talked a little bit about flywheels and good degree earlier, but you know, another book that I read early on, as I was learning how to be a consultant, it's a Patrick Lencioni book. And, and if you don't know him, he wrote The Five Dysfunctions of the Team, probably the one that mm. most people know. He's got another book. Uh, it's, it's a book about consulting. It's called Getting Naked. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's an awkward one to talk to a colleague about, say, hey, I think you need to read this book. It's called Getting Naked. I mean, it, it's an awkward conversation starter. But but the book itself is really, it, 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 Patrick writes his books in the form of a film. Yeah. Uh, you can knock them out in an afternoon. Um, right. But it's about consulting and going in with this um, transparent, authentic vulnerability um, mm. of not trying to be the consultant that knows everything. I want to come yeah. in and learn. I'm not coming to pitch you anything. I'm coming uh, to listen. Um, and if I can spend an hour with someone listening to the problems and offering solutions and solve the problem, awesome. You didn't need my help anyway. Right. Um, right. But I can learn and then we can start working together. And I think it, it comes from that. And then the vendor relationship, if I'm helping their clients in that same format without any expectation of return service. Yeah. Then they're willing to know that I'm not trying to get something for me or my team and, and only yeah. building out for ourselves that builds that trust. And then I'd say the second part of that with, with the vendors is they see their clients being successful in a slightly different way than other vendors do. Yeah. Um, and I think that just builds confidence. So like, you know, one of our vendors, very large serum company, let's just say it might be the largest serum company in the world if anyone knows who that is, right? Um, they have a very large sales team. They have an, a sales team that's focused on education. And there, you know, there's a period of time last fall where I was getting one or two emails from one of those reps a week. Mm. Someone I've never met before saying, hey, we just yeah. heard about you. I've got a client I think you can help. Mm. They're bringing me in that could help them win or lose a sell. And right. to not have ever met me to try to bring into that, there's yeah. a lot of trust that has to go involved. And to me, that's an indicator. Yeah. Um, that what we're doing is working. And I'm always looking for indicators. I yeah. love assessing performance and looking at indicators that tell us this is on the mark or not with what we intended. Right. And that's definitely one of them. That's really interesting. I mean, it is really cool to see the way that you do it. I think the the way that it's very similar to the way I do things. I think that the the way to hit, you know, uh, like to, the way to hit, you know, beyond a million dollars in revenue for us, the way we did that was, by actually flipping the script and no longer thinking like, how can I just go out and ask everyone for stuff, but how can I like almost give so much that you're going to eventually get to the point where they ask you because they've already yes. been given so much. They just feel like they have to reciprocate and it's just natural. But I think a lot of like new businesses, a lot of new business owners, they don't really think that way because they think, Oh, I've got to always sell like crazy. But really in reality, it's just making a good impression, giving people stuff that they actually value. And then from there, they will come, you know, it's, 
it's a little bit of a addendum to the whole, um, you know, if you build it, they will come thing. I don't think you can just like really sit there and do nothing. You have to make stuff happen, but you also, if you, if you understand human psychology and you set them up in a certain way, then they will come, they will come, but you have to set them up in a good way in a way that leads yeah. with value and giving them stuff, you know? When, when I started consulting, I gave myself runway to do that. Like, yeah. how do I start to demonstrate what I can offer and provide value? I, I didn't have, I hadn't at that point read some of the books to think about that. And I stumbled into them and Lennon's like, oh, that is kind of what I'm trying to do. It resonates with me. How do I do this better? But yeah. it is trying to offer value. Like in sales, you know, yeah, we know in sales relationships, not 50, 50. Um, it might be 75, 25. It might be 90, 10. Um, there has to be something from the person you're selling, some part of that relationship they're giving back to it. It can't be zero. Um, yeah. And that when you think 75, 25, if that's your formula, that's fine. But what you have to realize is that the 75 you're providing isn't emails with sales lingo like follow up, reaching out, checking in. I hate those terms because yeah. those are terms that provide me value. I want to know if you're doing business with me. I'm not providing value when I send that email. Yeah. If I'm going to send an email, let's provide value. Yes. And then I can say 75, 25, value, 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 ask. Right. That from Gary Vaynerchuk, who's, you know, it's, it's, he's got that yeah. book, jab, 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 right hook. I'm value, 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 ask. Yeah. And if I know, provide good value and then I can make an ask, there's, there feel like there's more obligation that they contribute back. And if they don't, okay, right. you're not appreciating the value. That's fine. I'll move on to someone who will. Uh, there's something yeah. mean about it. And that's, that's 100%. what you're trying to find. hundred percent. I think too, you know, um, one of the easiest shifts I always recommend businesses make is to, uh, shift their sales demo into like a training or a workshop because when people hear the world's word sales demo, it's like they're going to the dentist. Like they know they need to do it, but everyone hates it. They hate yes. the experience, right? And so I think if you can actually give them something that they can actively work on after the call, then they're going to value you more. And then if they can't do what you're telling them to do because they don't have time or they don't have the experience, then they're going to work with you, you know? So it definitely, we're definitely aligned in that sense. Um, where can people go to find out about your company and work with you if they're in the higher education space? Where can they go? Two, two places, obviously the website, Kennedy and company spelled out.com. Uh, or you can go on LinkedIn, find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm really encouraging and driving folks to LinkedIn to, to, to connect with me rather than just be in an email on LinkedIn. Right. You get a better sense of who I am. I, I talk about what the company talks about connect and then we can converse and if it's worth it, we'll move it over to email for you. But, um, but that's always an easy place to find us. I love it. I love it. Well, for everybody who's been listening to the show, uh, Mickey Baines is the founder of Kennedy and Company. He's been able to grow that business, focus on giving value and following methods like the Gary V method of actually delivering value and helping higher institutions scale their CRMs and their programs. They partner with a lot of CRM software providers uh, in order to get the right kind of solutions to these higher education institutions. So anybody's listening, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you have any questions, hit up Mickey on LinkedIn or go to Kennedy and Company, like you said, spelled out, not with the ampersand, kennedyandcompany.com, uh, and you can find out more information about them. So uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Mickey, for being on the show. Appreciate it. Thank you, Lucas.